G'day there, Thrivers. Jess here. Welcome to episode 228, 228 of the Grand Thrive Podcast. Today, I am going to be talking to you about five steps you need to take out of many, 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 many steps in order to set up a successful online shop for your handmade goods. Now, this is particularly relevant right now, given what's happening in the world. You know, most of us uh, who sell at shows and markets, they're all shut. Um, some are pivoting to sell online, which is is cool. Uh, retail shops all over the place are shut as well. And um, basically, yeah, things are not normal right now. And if you want to keep selling, really, the only option you have is to sell online right now. So a lot of people are making that pivot to selling online. And uh, people are finding a lot of success with it, especially um, if you sell supplies right now. <laughs> In my Thriver Circle, a lot of the like yarn dyers and fabric sellers and kit sellers are all like, business is booming because people are stuck at home and want something to do. So my cat Teddy has just come, I'm recording in the closet, he's just come in and he's sitting on my foot for some reason. Why are you sitting on my foot? Probably because I'm disturbing his peace um, because he likes to sleep in here sometimes, but uh, he'll just have to deal. All right, so um, basically uh, I sort of put a call out a week or two ago on social media and said, hey... Who wants to make this pivot right now uh, to selling online? Do you need some help? I'm willing to run Set Up Shop again. So my 30-day intensive course, which I only just ran in March, and I don't normally run again until September. I do it twice a year. Uh, and I sent an email on Friday and had a huge response. So I am running it again. I'm doing a special quarantine edition of Setup Shop. Uh, and it's starting on May the 1st, so in just a couple of days after I'm publishing this. So if you're listening to this after that, Apologies <laughs> if you've missed out. If it's only one or two days after, send me an email. We might better squeeze you in. Uh, but if you are listening to this before Friday, the 1st of May, uh, actually Thursday, the 30th of April, because that's when uh, registration is closing and you want to take part, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash set up shop, all one word, and you can get access to the course right now. Um, thank you to everybody who's been sharing it on Instagram stories and social media. All our past students, the alumni, have been sharing their experiences with the course. Uh, it's I've run it for years and years, and I keep updating it with the latest information. And well over a 1,000 makers have taken this course and learnt the setup shop system. And it is a system. You go step by step through the system and you will, by the end of the 30 days, if you do it every day, you will have a stellar online shop set up. If you don't get it done the 30 days, you can come back and do it over and over and over again. You keep all the content uh, and every single time I run the course in the future, you are welcome to come back and participate in the group discussion and the community. There's a private Facebook group uh, and I also do two Facebook Lives during the course uh, that you can you know, spend some one-on-one -on -one time with me and ask me any questions you have. So that's happening. As I said, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash setup shop to find out more about the course and to register if you want to join us for the special quarantine edition of Setup Shop. So today's episode will give you a bit of a taster of the sort of uh, tips and content we'll be covering in the course and uh, some of the key things that you need to get right when you want to sell your craft online. Just a heads up that the content of this episode is a replay of an episode that I published a couple of years ago now, but it's pretty much all 
exactly the same and equally relevant to uh, times now. You know, the fundamentals really don't change very much. They're always very similar. Uh, so the, th- the five things I cover in today's episode are just as relevant now as they were when I first recorded the audio for this a couple of years ago. So let's get into it. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. I thought today it would be fun to talk about online shops, and just kind of, you know, get you in the right mindset and, and share a few little tips for you. Um, you know, a few things that are key steps to setting up an online shop. Uh, so, you know, even if you don't do the course, these will be really useful key steps for you. And if you do these, this is just a bit of a taster of the sort of stuff we're going to be covering. So I'll just start with number one. And the first step is deciding where you're going to sell. And I know this really, it kind of stops a lot of people in their tracks and they get really caught up with this issue of trying to decide where they're going to set up their shop. You know, there's so many um, website ways of building a website these days. There's so many different online venues that it can be really overwhelming uh, trying to decide which way you want to go. And to be honest, there's not really a one-size-fits-all answer here. It really comes down to you uh, and your level of comfort and experience with techie stuff, like with, you know, the web and online stuff. Um, I'll give you my top recommendations. Now, I'm a big fan and I am very um, passionate about the idea that you need to have your own website because you need that real estate on the web that you control. Nobody else controls it. Whether you sell on that website or not is up to you. Uh, I think you should, but you don't have to do that straight away. I do, however, think from the beginning, you should attempt to at least set up a basic website. And at the absolute minimum, you should buy your own domain name, your own .com or .whatever, and have that so it redirects to your online venue. Say if you're selling on an online venue rather than your own website, buy at least buy the domain name and get it to redirect so that, you know, on your business cards or in your social media or whatnot, you can actually just use your domain name, your URL, rather than a, you know, an app made it or at Etsy or at Dewander or whatever one. And that just looks a little bit more professional. So there's a couple of steps. Stage one is, you know, you want to choose to sell, uh, to start out on a venue Uh, And, you know, honestly, my top recommendation here is to start on Etsy simply because they are still the world's premier handmade marketplace and they do bring in an enormous amount of traffic for you. So being part of that, uh, that kind of community, that that lot of traffic that Etsy brings in is really a really powerful way to kind of get the foot your foot in the door. Because, you know, setting up your own website, it's a lot more work to get found and to get seen um, in the first place. So, and it's easier, you know, to be fair, because you don't have to worry about all of the actual website setup stuff in the back end. You just, you know, you go through and you upload photos and you fill in boxes and tick things and that's all you have to do. You don't have to know any code. You don't have to, 
you know, do any, think you don't have to make any decisions about uh, how you want the website to look. It's going to look the way it looks. You just have to focus on the content. And I think that's really important, especially if you're starting out, because there's just so much to learn and so many things to think about that honestly, it can be easier just to start somewhere like Etsy because you don't have to make all of those decisions at once. You just start by focusing on the content of your shop rather than the, than the design and being creative people. Let's be honest. We like to fuss with the design. We like to make things look pretty. I'm totally, totally there with you, but it can be to the detriment because you spend all of your time making things look pretty and you don't spend enough time focusing on what really matters, which is what you're actually selling, like the photos and, and the descriptions and all of that sort of stuff. So If I was to lay out an ideal plan for you, it would be start on a venue like Etsy, buy your own domain name and redirect it to your Etsy shop as your first step. Then once you've spent, I don't know, a little bit of time uh, working out, you know, working on your content of your shop, take that next step and set up your own website then. And you'll, you know, you'll just basically be able to copy and paste all of your content across And you can just focus on the design element of your website. Um, And it doesn't hurt from the beginning. You know, if you want to just set up a a simple website with, you know, a landing page and about page and a blog, that is a great idea. If you want to blog, do that from the beginning, because then you can build up traffic that way via bringing people in uh, through your blog to your website. So make sure when you do choose a website, um, you know, however you're going to set up your website, If you want to have a blog, which I do recommend, you need to make sure you can host that blog on your website, not somewhere else, because the whole point of having a blog is to drive traffic to your site and then hopefully get people intrigued enough about you to look at your shop. So don't go for anywhere that you can't put a blog on the actual website. I made that mistake in the beginning, um, (laughs) which is why I'm saying, do ye not this you know, I had my Ethereal Designs blog and then I had an Etsy shop and that was fine. But then I thought, well, about, I think it was like six months or a year later, I'm like, okay, well, I actually want to set up a shop on my own website now, but I don't want it to be Ethereal Designs because my brand name is just Ethereal. So I bought ethereal.com and set up on there. But then my blog was on a different <laughs> different website to my shop. So silly. Eventually, of course, I just merged them and kind of closed down uh, com. I left it there. It still gets lots of traffic because there's such a backlog of content on there. But I've like put, you know, th- stuff up saying now over at this URL. But it's a mess. Thing. It's a messy thing to do and um, I wouldn't recommend it. So if you can, start right from the beginning. <laughs> I should say start correctly from the beginning and choose a, a, a platform that allows you to set up a blog on your website and sell So all of those things in the one place rather than having them spread all over the shop, so to speak. So, of course, my top recommendation there is WordPress.org to buy your own domain name, buy hosting and then set up a WordPress uh, using WordPress as your CMS, your content management system. Uh, There's heaps of places out there that do um <clears throat> that allow you to just install it with one click it's really easy and the dashboard these days you know it's all again it's what you see is what you get 
uh, editing. You just edit it and you see it as it is. You don't, again, you don't have to know code or anything like that. So it's really, it's come a long way and it's really easy now to do that. Um, so that's my top recommendation. It's also a relatively affordable way of doing it. And then if you do set up on um, using WordPress, now this is not WordPress.com. There's a distinction. WordPress.com is basically, you know, they host it for you. You can set up a blog on there, whatnot. But with WordPress.org, you get you actually get the software and you can host it on your own website. So that's what I'm recommending here. And then you can install, um, you know, you can run a blog on that, obviously. And you can also sell directly from it. And there's heaps of different ways to do that. But the two I recommend are Equid or WooCommerce. Um, those are two really good options of um, shopping carts to plug in to your WordPress website. So then you've got, you know, and this is what I have to this day. I've got my Etsy shop. I have, I do sell on a couple of other select venues, only a small, only a small uh, proportion of our products we have on a couple of other select venues online. And then we have our own website um, with WordPress and currently we're using the Equid um, shopping cart software. So that's a, you know, that's a good uh, manageable option, but it will be a learning curve. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, if you don't have any experience with all of that sort of stuff, it will be a learning curve. And that's why I'm suggesting if you, you aren't confident with, you know, techie stuff, start with a venue like Etsy and just focus on the content. So that's step number one, decide, you know, where you're going to sell and choose and choose a path or choose a, you know, a goal for yourself of what you want to do down the line. You don't have to do everything at once. This is my point. <laughs> you don't have to set up your venue and your you know, a perfect website and everything like that. Um, if you've got the time, great. And you've got the skills, great. But don't let it hold you back. If you don't, you can just start selling on a venue or even selling on a Facebook using like a shopping cart plugin. Like seriously, just start wherever you can and build from there. So the second tip uh, the second key step, I should say, is work on your photography. Yes, you've heard me say it before, but it really is that important. Uh, if you go back through the podcast archives, there are a couple of episodes specifically on photography with more detail on this step. You know, the things to things to avoid, the things to work on with your photography. Uh, so do go and listen to those episodes. Um, we also have the Create and Thrive Guide to Product Photography if you want more information and more in-depth help on improving your product photography that is there as well and you can just see that over on the website under guides and that's available there so photos and it's getting it's getting it's never going to get less important it's always going to get more important because there's more people out there competing and so you really need to stand out or at least be on par with the professional sellers and that's the that's the key here like if you're you're going from that hobbyist to taking it a bit more seriously and turning it into a proper business proper business whatever that means um it really is just a decision you make uh you know there's no <laughs> there's no moment where oh i'm suddenly a business well i mean you could you know you have to get your business uh number or license or whatever it is in your country but it really it's really a um, it's really a decision and a mental step that you take that you are a business. So like, it's just one moment you can be a hobby. The next moment you can decide you're a business and that's it. So once you decide that you are a business, you really need to start thinking about your photography and improving it as much as you possibly can. 
you know, if you're not, if this isn't your strong suit, that's okay. Uh, I was absolutely terrible <laughs> at photography when I started. Honestly, it took me, I'd say it took me years to get to the point where I was really happy with my photos, but it didn't take that long to get to a point where they were okay. You know, so just learn, you know, that's all you can do. Or if you can get someone to help you, get someone to help you. And, you know, whatever it takes to get good quality, crisp, clear product photos is very important. Uh, Now let's talk briefly about the whole white background issue. Some people are like, oh, you have to have a white background to show off the product. And other people are, "Mm, white backgrounds are boring and they don't make your stuff stand out. I'm in the second camp. (laughs) Uh, White backgrounds are very important if you're selling wholesale or if you want press photos, you know, that they can kind of snip out the item. But for online selling, honestly, I think having some sort of interesting background that doesn't detract but actually enhances your product is really powerful because it's all about branding and it's all about standing out. And honestly, you know, white background photos, there's there's no opportunity for branding there that's just the same as everybody else. Uh, But the key here is clear product photos. Like you can't overstyle your photos so that the the product itself gets lost you know remember the product is the star of the shot if there's any doubt whatsoever when you look at a photo what's being sold that's a problem so make sure the product is the star of the shot make sure it's well lit but no with no harsh shadows make sure it is clear and crisp make sure they're you know that the person looking can see the product clearly make sure they can get a feel for the size of it and the heft of it and uh, the true colors all of those things are really important and that's what you need to be working on with your photos make sure there's a close-up make sure there's a modeled shot or a styled shot all of those sorts of things but as I said I'm not going to go into any more detail on that because there's plenty of resources over on the site and in the podcast etc so if you want more go check that out okay so number three is brainstorming your keywords So a lot of people who start out and don't understand how searching works will often kind of skip this step or they won't think about it and they'll call their products, they'll give them fancy names, you know, pretty names. That's nice, but it's not going to get your stuff found. (laughs) So you don't want to call it, you know, the Adelaide necklace. Who's going to be searching for that? Nobody. You need to you give it a title that's descriptive and also a description that's descriptive. So the, the title of the product, the keywords you choose, and the first few lines of the description are the most important place to have the keywords. So the what is a keyword? It is a word or a phrase. It doesn't have to be one word. It can be a phrase, like sterling silver. That's two words, but it's one keyword. It's a phrase, keyword phrase, um, that people are going to put into a search bar to find what you are selling. All right? So with every single product you make, You need to brainstorm a list of keywords that um, will help people find that product. And then you need to use those keywords uh, so that people can find the product. So um, have a look at at each product. And there's kind of there's a big list of possible things you can look at. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Um, What material is it made of? What color is it? What size is it? Uh, You know, who is it for? What? All of those sorts of things, like just basically come up with all of the the adjectives, the descriptors (laughs) that you can for that product and 
you know, what emotion is even is it going to invoke? Like there's heaps of things. Is it for a specific event or holiday? So make a big list of all of those keywords and then pick the most um, important ones, the ones that people are most likely to be looking for. Always put yourself in the, your mind of your customer and think, if I was looking for this item, that's the, this is the question to just ask yourself. If I was looking for this item, what words would I type into the Google search bar? And then those are the words you really need to use as your keywords. There is, of course, many more layers to this and you can get much more technical and much more detailed. But that is the, if you do that and you do that and answer that question well, you've got the battle pretty much won. So that is the most important thing to ask. And don't get too fancy. Like, you know, just just ask that question, answer it as logically as possible and go with that. So keywords, because that is how people will find you. Photographs are what will make people click on your site because they'll see them and go, wow, that's awesome. I want to know more. But the keywords are what people are going to actually put in there to find your stuff. Now, a little aside on this is when you're uploading a photo to the internet, please make sure you've named it with keywords. Okay, because that photo is there. It's searchable. So make sure that you've actually you know, in your title or your description of the photo, make sure that you have used keywords to describe what the photo is. So even rename it like my rings, you know, for example, I would name my photo, you know, five millimeter oxidized sterling silver ring, wedding rings for men or something like that. Like I'd get as many keywords in there as possible because then when people search Google image search, if you haven't written anything if you haven't put keywords and it's just like a string of numbers from your camera, you're wasting an opportunity to be found. So make sure you do that. Top tip there. All right. So that is number three. Number four is to think about shipping. You have to make this decision and it's not a decision you have to make once and then decide forever, but it's a decision you need to think about right at the beginning before you start selling stuff. One, are you going to ship domestically and internationally or are you only going to ship domestically and this will of course depend on your product and the cost of shipping overseas and all of those sorts of things so this is a totally personal decision I can't help you make that decision you need to to actually talk to your post office or get on their website or whatever it is look for the shipping uh, costings look you know make uh, actually weigh your stuff or get the dimensions of it and then make a decision. And it might even be on a product by product basis, depending on what you make, as to whether you're going to you know, sell this domestically or internationally, how much you're going to charge for shipping. Do not undercharge for shipping. If somebody wants something bad enough, they will pay the shipping for it. The only other way to do this uh, is to put some of the shipping price into the item price. So increase your item price to decrease your shipping cost. But however you do it, you need to cover the shipping cost. Um, so, you know, don't, don't skimp on that and don't, um, guess because if you guess, especially with heavier things or bigger things, you could end up being in a world of trouble because you could end up having drastically undercharged. And when the person up buys that thing and they pay that shipping, that's what they're paying. You can't ask them to pay more. If you've made a mistake, you wear the cost. Don't ever ask a customer to pay more shipping because you didn't do the work in the first place to work out how much it should have cost that you know that's your fault as a business owner you made that error you have to wear it 
Um, it never ceases to amaze me when I hear stories of people <laughs> being contacted when they've bought something and the person contacts them and go, oh, actually, the shipping's this much. Can you pay the difference? And I'm like, no, no, I can't. You you should have worked that out. Like <laughs> That was your job. You quoted me a price. I paid the price. If it's the wrong price, that's not my fault. Why should I pay for that issue? You know, so just just do the work. Like, it's boring. I know. <laughs> It's not fun. It's not exciting. But to be honest, if you're running a business, you need to just get comfortable with the fact that a lot of stuff is not going to be exciting or fun. You know, if you want it to just be fun and enjoyable, just keep it as a hobby. Honestly, please keep it as a hobby because that's the point of a hobby is to be fun and enjoyable. When it's a business, there's going to be stuff that, you know, you don't necessarily want to do, but you have to do. And that's just the way it is. And that's okay. But, you know, just go into it with your eyes open on that. So investigate, decide on the shipping thing. Make sure you're quoting the right amount for shipping. Uh, and just, you know, so many people um, will, will say, oh, I haven't bothered setting up international shipping because it's so expensive. Who's going to pay that? You would be surprised. I cannot tell you how often we have people pay $50, $60 to get a ring to them because they need it quickly. So they've paid, they pay an express international shipping cost. The ring's only $100, but they're paying $50 or $60 to get it to them more quickly, extra. And it happens regularly. Now, if I didn't offer that as an option, I wouldn't have those, I wouldn't have those customers because they'd go elsewhere to someone who, who offered it to them, um, you know, who, who said it was possible. So don't, don't kind of, um, don't make a customer's decision for them. Make it possible for them, and then they can choose one way or another whether they want to incur that cost or not. Okay, so that was number four. The fifth one, very, very important, is your policies. You need to have policies in place to protect you and to be, you know, to be very clear and upfront with your customers. Now, I don't expect you to get this right at the beginning. <laughs> I certainly didn't. Uh, there were things that I just didn't think about until they happened. And then I'm like, oh, I should really have a policy in place for that. <laughs> so I put it in place. And that'll happen, you know, naturally with the development and evolution of your business. But you can kind of cheat here. And what I recommend is you look at shops that sell something similar to you look at their policies, like five, at least five of them, uh, especially, and make sure they're established. Like they've been around for a while. They know what they're doing and read their policies and see anything that comes up that's specific to your niche, but just anything in general. Um, and make sure that you put those things in your own policies to protect yourself and to educate your customers about what's acceptable and you know what, what the go is with your business. So make sure you're covering things like returns and exchanges and, um, you know, if they uh, change their mind, you know, will you accept it back? Like, can you accept returns or can you not accept returns? Like, it depends what you make. And I can't, I can't accept returns on rings because we custom make them to a size. So we can't necessarily resell them. But if you're making something more generic that, you know, you can resell, then that's fine. You can accept a return if somebody just gets it and goes, oh, no, I don't actually like it or whatever the problem is. So think about all those things, you know, make sure to put in place um, policies about, you know, that you're not responsible for customs fees all those little things. And you wouldn't even necessarily know about that unless you'd looked at other people's policies. So go do the research, look at other people's policies. Don't copy them. Like don't 
copy and paste them <laughs> but you can basically take the same stuff and just rewrite it in your own words um, so make sure that you do that and that's really really important not only does it protect you and educate your customer it also shows your customer that you're serious about this and you take your business seriously so I think that's a really good thing and a, and a good reason to get policies sorted out from the beginning and not leave it till later on. I really hope you and yours are doing okay right now throughout this crazy pandemic we're all living through. Uh, and if you are, you know, pivoting to online, uh, you know, I've had quite a few people in the Thriver Circle who were focused on markets and, and wholesale going, right, well, it's about time I set up online. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in having an online presence no matter what, because I just think in this day and age, it's kind of a no brainer to have a good online presence, whether you sell online or not. But it certainly makes it a lot easier for people to give you money if you have a stellar online shop where they can buy your stuff. So head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash setup shop to get access to the course. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back again as always next week with another episode of the show. Take care of yourselves and each other and bye for now.